Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast, brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined on Sundays by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. Um, I don't know about you, but I had myself a fantastic Saturday. Um, I made copious amounts of deposits in the bank of wife oh, all week long yeah so that i could essentially be left to my my own on saturday which by the way it doesn't mean that i don't spend time with my kids that's perfectly fine they don't stop me from watching football and enjoying sure. myself <laughs> uh but man the football was excellent my bets were good i went three and one on my bets nice cooked myself a nice fat ribeye at the end of the night dude that that's that's why you get out of bed during the week, is to work for Saturdays like that. And then it's over. And then just, it's over. Just like that. Uh, yeah, it does go fast. Speaking of not over, but we are now one-third of the way through the college football season. That yeah, goes fast as well. That is weird. We have four games. Yeah, yeah four we're, games. we're a third of the way through. Um, continuing on with the, with the theme of, of how great yesterday was, um, <laughs> Texas getting beat by Texas Tech. Oh, Saw wow. the end of that game. Yeah. Uh, I would I would assume you like this. Uh, Miami getting decleated by Middle Tennessee State that was fantastic. I mean, forty five be- to thirty one, <laughs> beautiful. Like Middle Tennessee State did whatever they wanted to offensively in that game. What the heck is wrong with the Miami program? <clears throat> Texas too. Uh, yeah, both of them. But yeah, I, I they think, don't and they don't have people show up at their games. I think the Miami one's more vexing though for some reason. Because yeah, well, a, that's a it's been. It's probably been a little bit longer for Miami, right? I, I think at least with Miami, there's more competition for recruits, I would say. I don't and know. And it's a dumpy stadium athletic department from what I can kind of... Y- yeah. I mean, I guess that's probably it. Is yeah. It's just... It's it's bass backwards, right? Well, they both stink is what we're trying to get but the, at. But the, the stadium, maybe that's part of the problem. I think it's part of it. Uh, Texas A&M, Arkansas. I mean, whether you come out, pretty ugly football, but good game. Florida, Tennessee was nuts. Tennessee was everybody's lock. Going, I mean, and there were a ton of everybody's locks that did not hit. Okay. Yesterday, that was one of them. Um, uh, our guy DS, and he got a couple things right this week, and I'll make sure to give him credit. But he loved Tennessee, and I said, now just be careful. This is Florida, Tennessee. Yeah. It never goes as planned. Nobody was expecting Florida to put that much points on the board. That was a good game. Another one that everybody had for a lock was Clemson minus seven. Mm-hmm. They win by six mm. with, you know, overtime toss into the end. Not Clemson was already up, but Wake threw it into the end zone. That was a great game. Oregon Wazoo, Washington State, back and forth. I don't know how Oregon pulled that out. Dude, Georgia was battling with Kent State. <laughs> What in the hell? Oh boy, that is weird. Um, and then a week <laughs> after absolutely crushing Nebraska, and a week after Kansas State, I believe, lost to Tulane, they turn around and beat Oklahoma. I mean, it was just it was a fun day of college wow. football. It was just one of those deals where, you know, at the end of the early slot. At the end of the afternoon slot, at the end of the evening slot, there was always a game to click back on to to see a crazy right. finish. You just don't get that with the NFL. Personally, I just don't get that you know reaction. It's just the no. Best. It's it's a lot more excitement in college football, and there's more inventory. Something's well, that's, that's part of the reason, right? Something's going to be good Correct. just by the law of averages. So I understand sure. that. But again, that's that's why the sport's better. But yeah. Anyways, and um, you just get the wildest matchups too you know <laughs> right like i mean just like the kent state georgia you can't get a matchup like that in the nfl that's right and yet it's still competitive somehow for somehow. some reason right i mean i mean georgia pull away wasn't like they sure. were ever but like the the fact that what some people thought was the worst group of five team on the planet or at least in the team picture going against what everybody assumed was and, and correctly i think that yeah. is the best you know, and maybe just George is working on stuff or whatever. But anyways, I just found those games amazing. Obviously, we've got nine Big Ten specific football contests to break down, which we will do here. Uh, we had one Thursday, two early on Saturday, two in the afternoon, and four in the evening. So going all the way back to this Thursday, the 22nd, Illinois, 31, 
Chattanooga zero. The Illini with 502 yards of total offense to the Mox 142. I had 34 to 13 okay. in this game. Um, I honestly, I would have predicted Chattanooga to cover the spread in this. I know there it wasn't an official spread, but it was like 17 and a half, 18, I think, yep, is where 18, it came. Yep. I would have thought it'd be more like a 10-point game. Okay. I, I, I thought, the, thought this was going to be a competitive game. This is, okay, this is how much faith I have in Troy Walters and that defense, okay? Right, and, and, uh, Sorry. Um, and one thing I want to say is, you thinking it's going to be a closer game. College Football News also thought mm-hmm. the same thing. I always yeah. read their predictions after I'm done with mine. Um, and there are a lot of examples this year and any year of the top flight FCS teams going punch for punch sure. with a ton of P5 and G5 teams. Yep, so for sure, what I'm trying to say is shutting out a top 10 FCS team. I don't care if people just say, well, it's an FCS team. This is a good, high-powered FCS team. For sure. This could be the best defensive performance by Illinois this year. 142 total yards. Now, granted, their running back, he did he did do some damage. He was really good. Ford had 17 carries for 93 yards. But that's about the only thing that they had any success at. Only 49 passing yards. I don't remember last time Illinois only gave up 142 yards. And yet, I think this is... Is this the second... Or third time Illinois has given up less than 100 passing yards. Wyoming didn't have 100 passing yards. I think you're right. It's at least the second. second. It might be the third though. I'm not. Th- this is I'm a. Oh, we should check on that. It's it's two or three. Long story short is this is a Illinois defense that I still don't think enough people are paying attention to. No, they're not. And, and so, which is what you want if you're Illinois. You want them to be under the radar, right? Yes. You're going to catch someone. Well, they're not going to – next week could be a potential of not being under the radar anymore. We'll, we'll Since you don't get to talk on Wednesdays, we'll very quickly break a couple of those things down at the end of the podcast. So I wanted to point out – I'm going to give you credit first. Do you okay. want me to give you credit yeah, first? Sure. Now, okay. That way you don't have to announce your credit. Okay. okay. Yeah. Tommy DeVito, great, great game. Touchdown, Tommy DeVito. Uh, 23 of 31, 329 yards, three touchdowns, no pick. My guy, Kurt – called the breakout performer of the week to be wide receiver Pat Bryant. Six catches, 112 yards, and a touchdown. What did you see coming into this game to to accurately predict that? So last year was his first year on campus. At the end of the year, he started to get some playing time, and I was a little surprised at how athletic he looked. I, You know, it's not a highly rated recruit, but clearly looked like a Big Ten player. This year... He's getting a lot of playing time from the get-go, and he wasn't. There was something holding him back. Like he, for instance, the drop pass in the end zone against Indiana, there it wasn't clicking yet. I thought against a a lower level opponent, this is his time to shine. Okay, and I just it just there was a feeling I had just watching him. I I thought he was right on the precipice, and it it broke open just like I thought it would. Uh, which pairs nicely with Juice Point oh, nine catches, one hundred three yards, and a touchdown. Is Casey Washington still running routes? He's still running routes. He 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 dropped a pass. He had yeah. at least one or two pa- catches in the game. But it looks like he's been pushed down the depth chart a little bit. Point being is a guy that both me and you felt pretty good about is still a pretty good wide receiver in his yeah. third or fourth. I, they're building depth in the wide receiver room. I'm actually the, the the wide receivers looked better than I thought they would from the first game. They're looking even better now. A few games into the season. Everything but the kicking game is looking better. There, so yeah, there's one thing: the special teams are gonna come up and get them. It in is. one of these one of these games. Hugh Robertson had five punts, averaged thirty one point four yards. And place kicking isn't much better. It, he he hit his only attempt uh, field goal. It, it was really close, right? But yeah, neither one looked very strong. And yeah, I feel really confident about two two out of three facets of the game. The third one. It needs I know that a lot of work. I know that feel. Yeah. Um, sure. By the way, Chase Brown it did Chase Brown things. Twenty carries, one hundred eight yards. Um, he just always has two or three carries a game where you're just like, oh, oh, like just fun runs. I don't know how to sure. say it. So it's his fifth straight one hundred yard game. Believe it or not, that is a program record. Only five consecutive hundred yard games. That shocks me. Couldn't believe it. I would it. think it would at least be seven or eight or something. Couldn't believe like it that. myself. He also passed Red Grange in this game yes. for your all time yardage. Yes, I. I put a tweet out that said, 
uh, Chase Brown, you know, whatever the Pac-Man looking symbol is, uh, Red Grange. And I think some Illinois fans took me a little oh, too boy. seriously. <laughs> I'm like, well, I just met with yardage. Long story short, the Illini are looking about as good as you could expect them to look at this point in the year. With the win, they finish at three and one. And not to put a sour note on it, but is the Illinois law or the Indiana loss? Does it start to drive you more and more nuts with each win that you've? Yeah, up? yeah, it probably does because. You're three and you're three and zero out of conference, but you're still zero and one in conference. And th- imagine I can ask that question for one or two more teams here coming up. But. I know, and imagine if they were at their fourth win already, when the season total was only four and a half. Yeah, and and to only have two more wins, wins to get to ball. Oh man, yeah. All right, moving into Saturday the twenty fourth. First game up, Michigan 34, Maryland 27. The Wolverines with 463 yards of total offense to the Terps, 397. So first thing I want to say is I believe the narrative here should be nationally, anybody that's commenting on it, this was two good teams playing football that that there's, there's a couple weaknesses here and there for both teams, but a lot of strengths point I'm trying to make is it sure seems to be that the narrative is, Oh, Michigan isn't as good as we thought, which will get me into my first part of complaining about the sec type of stuff. Because if this was two sec teams, it would be talking about how deep the conference is and there's no week off, which is the truth. I honestly, I think it's the truth for the, for the sec. (laughs) I just happen to think it's also the truth for the Big Ten, right. long story short, this this was a good game versus two, two good teams. Definitely two good teams here. And I'll tell you the thing that I'm most proud of Maryland for is after that start. That that can ruin the whole game for you. Absolutely. And, and, and previous locks teams, it would have. Absolutely. They would have collapsed, but they didn't. They came right back. In fact, they had three the three drives after that happened. They scored in all three of those drives. They were right back in the game. Yep. It was incredible. By the way, they scored Michigan scored eight seconds in the game. There's got to be a rodeo reference there. Yeah. Right? We that has to be so uh uh Vegas Sportsbook guy and I were talking for a team that wasn't receiving the ball to score a yeah. touchdown on offense, that has to be some on sort offense. of record. It has to be turnover on the kickoff, score on the next play. I don't believe I've ever seen that before. Yeah, I mean the only way it could be faster is if a team fumbled on the one. It got recovered, yes. right? But and you just had a threw a dive right into the end zone. I suppose because that'd be like two seconds, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess because then the fact that they it was a passing play took a little more time. I guess so. The ball in the air type of deal. <laughs> yeah. But what has that scenario just laid out ever happened before? I don't know. Another thing I would say, I think we learned more about both teams yesterday than we did the previous six opponents combined for either Michigan and Maryland. No doubt. Right? No doubt. Um, starting with Michigan, the winning team, uh, Blake Corum was an absolute beast. Uh, 30 carries, 243 yards, two touchdowns. Great player. I think he's a great dude. You know, he just seems like a great teammate. And yeah. I mean, Harbaugh loves the guy. Um, and it was a good thing he took over because J.J. McCarthy was – kind of pressing a little bit in sure. his first big start in, in conference play. He was. And the 30 carries by Blake Corm were the most for him in his career. So he's really shouldering a lot of the, the burden here with Donovan Edwards out. Yes. Um, so yeah, JJ at times pressing, I think is probably a good way to, to put it uh, on the other side, Leah Tungvaluwa, n- another, n- you know, subpar game. Not that he was terrible, so to speak, but he, he doesn't typically show up in these big games. Yeah, I would be interested to get Terps fans' thought process on that. Um, I'd say this: he he played dinged up. He was out of the game. He was and, and came back in. So I got to give him credit for toughing it out and doing what he could. Um, I thought Maryland could have leaned on their rushing attack a little bit more than they did. Mm-hmm. I like the the team rushing was okay. Thirty four carries, one hundred and twenty eight yards. So not that's not bad. I just felt like they could, it could have been something that took a little bit more pressure off of him because 
that's where a lot of the pressure came from. I felt was unnecessary third and longs that Leah was in. I still think he played pretty well, but I also kind of, you know, bully what yeah. you're saying too. Yeah. Roman Hemby had, did have 16 carries only 48 yards. Um, so the hunt, the rushing total is really what sticks out here. That's yep. where Michigan kind of won this game. 128 yep. for Maryland, 243 for Michigan. Uh, here's a quick quiz for you, or I guess it's a fun fact. Maryland place kicker, Chad Ryland. He has made 22 consecutive field goals. Remember when they, they didn't, didn't even try field goals? Like, what was the one they only attempted three on the year? I think it was five. Something so, like or maybe it was three really deep into the year yes. or something like that. Yes. Yeah, it was really deep. Yeah, it wasn't the end of the year yet. Right. But it was a shocking number of games that they had played and only had tried three. Go- well, so 22 in a row. Way to go, Chad Ryland. A um, lo- lot of uh, uh, guys caught passes for Michigan. Um uh, Luke Schoonmaker, though, tight end. I mean, that is who J.J. McCarthy is looking for. Still a lot of talent that you see with J.J. McCarthy. Don't get me wrong, but I am picking up a little bit of, okay, maybe he's not the golden child already. There, sure. There's a little bit of work to do. I thought they should have ran him more. And maybe some of the zone reads, that's what they were trying to do. Yeah. But he was giving the ball away when I felt like he should have kept it yeah that that play is available in there it'll be interesting to see what this offense looks but in the end i didn't think this is how weird it is 17 point spread in this game okay i picked michigan to cover with two and a half minutes to go maryland had a fourth down deep in their own territory and they were down by i think 12 or 11 is what it was if they don't get it (laughs) michigan probably covers the 17 okay because they were kind of motoring but that wouldn't have been representative of what this game actually yeah. was, which is how the score wound up, 34-27. to 27. But that took a somewhat meaningless drive by a Maryland backup quarterback to get down to the end of the field to, to score. I don't know if any of that made sense. I mean, there was an onside kick chance here. Right. By the way, Locke's getting – he kind of got you know burned pretty bad because he went for two – unnecessarily at the end of the game. If yeah. they don't get it, the game's over. It was kind of sketchy. Uh, with that being said, it wound up being a close game, even though it wasn't. I don't know. It's the hardest thing to, to explain. But So one, one guy I wanted to point out, Mike Sanristil, Sanristil. Great game. Eight tackles, six solo. Had a sack, two tackles for loss. This guy used to be on the other side of the ball. Yep. But they got a lot of wide receivers. Pretty impressive. There. Yeah, it was it was a pretty fun contest to watch with the win. Michigan moves to four and zero with the loss. Maryland drops to three and one. Next game up, Penn State thirty three, Central Michigan fourteen. The Nittany Lions with four hundred and three yards of total offense. Chippewas three hundred sixty three yards of total offense themselves. So Penn State jumped out to a 14 to nothing lead here. Um, James Franklin got a little too cute, a little too early. A lot of people would think with kind of playing games with the lineup, pulling guys out. Uh, so they're up 14, nothing. The Chippewas drive down the field, get a fourth and goal score on the fourth and goal to make it 14 to seven. The game kind of restarted right at that point, And it was 14 to 14 at half. I had the under in this game. I was hot because I'm like, this was the game that I was expecting to see a little bit sluggish performance for Penn State, but mm-hmm. otherwise controlling the game. The Chippewas come right back into it, but I give then credit back to James Franklin. Stuck with the run, stuck with the overall game plan, and I think it paid dividends for Penn State in the end. Yeah, the chips were looking spicy. The nits were looking sleepy there for a while. <laughs> The, but the run game, that's what I like yeah. here. I just like seeing Penn State, you know, establishing a strong running game. Finally, it feels like forever. It, but it's happening this year. I mean, as a team, they carried the ball 32 times for 166 yards, 5.2 yard average. Nick Singleton has obviously been the freshman phenom to start the season out. <laughs> he was fine yesterday at 42 carries. But Katron Allen, great running back name. He was the hot hand. 13 carries, 111 yards. He is a physical runner. I mean, that is a thunder-lightning thing that Penn State fans hope they can see in their backfield for three years or two and a half years, you know. Uh, But Catron Allen was the hot hand. Sean Clifford, 
was good. <laughs> okay. I'm I mean, I have that as one of the, the three positives. I think he's playing very well on the season so far. And yet there is a minority, minority, but extremely loud minority of Penn State fans that still want to see Drew Alar come in. Yeah, he, no, Clifford is your best opportunity to win. There's, I think so. you, you got to stick with him. The other thing I really like is, I don't know what it is about Manny Diaz calling the defense, but it he allows the talent to shine through more than, than previously. I think that's really well explained. Um, I wish I had the stat in front of me, but I saw they have as many pass breakups now as they did the entire season last year. Wow. You want to have a stat that shows how much different they're doing? That's as crazy. Far as, as far as far as plan of attack. Yeah, that's there there's a major difference in coaching there about the how you're going about defending a pass. To to fit in with the theme from Dustin's and I's uh pod on Wednesday night, coaching matters. Obviously, the the thought process with the previous defensive coordinator was kind of keep things in front of you, re- react yeah. up, you know, type of deal. Manny's got a little bit more in your face sure. style. It will lead to Feast or famine yeah. situations. Oh, yeah. we'll, we'll see how it does when they get into the kind of bigger boys of the league. But uh, but long story short, when Penn State design, de, uh, decides to focus and get strapped down, it's a pretty good football team. I think so. There's just moments of, eh, I don't know. There's moments where it just looks a little vanilla. Yeah. Is that, but, the, is that the word? Or Not- just a, a moments of helter-skelterness. Is okay. what it, like. You would think they would get off the field on a third down, and the team gets yeah. it. That that, or you would think yeah. they would pick up the first down, and they don't get it, even sure. though it's otherwise a good drive for something yeah. like that. But overall, this is a, a really good team, and with the win, Penn State moves to four and zero. Next game up: Cincinnati forty-five, Indiana twenty-four. The Bearcats with three hundred and ninety-four yards of total offense to the Hoosiers, three hundred and forty-eight. This was mostly the game. I was expecting Cincinnati is really good, probably actually a bit underrated. Okay. Because of their early season loss. But I tell you what, the Hoosiers once again, deserve credit. You, you, they just don't stop coming at you. Whatever, whatever the deficit is. That may be true, but there's not a whole lot to like yet about this Indiana team. Connor Bazelik tried 66 passes yesterday. That cannot be. That can't be Tommy Allen's plan of attack that he's comfortable with. Absolutely not. So then let's look at the rushing attack. Only 68 yards, 1.8 per attempt. Now, granted, they did slow Cincinnati down uh, on the ground, only 40 yards for Cincinnati. But then the Hoosiers gave up 354 yards passing, which used to be a big strength for that team. Yeah. um, Here's the thing that I would. So I saw Tommy Allen get interviewed after the game. (laughs) He's hot. That guy does not stop coaching his team. Like, it's Leo, but there's some tough love sure. with that Leo. Tough that he Leo, does. yeah. Um, tough Leo. Um, he is upset about his defense. I mean, he is upset about how many big plays they give up. He he specifically said something to the effect of us of senior guys that are getting burnt on double moves. Yeah, did that see, should yeah. not yeah. be happening. Like as a defensive minded guy, it is driving him nuts because. The, the defensive numbers were bad going into this game. They did not improve against going against a good Cincinnati attack. And back to the ground game, Sean Shivers did have 79 yards, which looks pretty good, but he had that one long run. Other than, Other that, than that long run, they just didn't do anything on the ground. I, I think the offensive line is going to continue to be an issue. How about this? Um, too many negative plays. They, they gave up 12 tackles for loss. Oh, Lord. And five sacks. Oh Lord! It's amazing they got twenty four points on the board. Yeah, I mean, this game was, I believe it was thirty four to seven at at thirty eight to seven. It was like thirty eight to ten. Thirty eight to one, ten at one point. I know that. But yeah, I th- you know it all starts up front, and this is probably the worst offensive line in the league. It's up there. Yeah, yeah, it's up there. Um, but again, I just want to say I joked on uh, a conversation I had with Dustin where Indiana is like a zombie. They can take a ton of body blows, but you got to cut the head off. <laughs> Otherwise, it'll keep coming, coming at you. So, with the uh, loss, the Hoosiers fall to three and three and one, but you know, still one and zero in conference play. 
The Eyes of Big Podcast is sponsored by the Amador Whiskey Company. Our unique process takes the highest quality Kentucky bourbon and finishes in California wine barrels. This double barrel aging technique creates unique characteristics in each barrel that produce one-of-a-kind whiskeys. Amador is made to be sipped neat or is perfect for classic bourbon cocktails. Just like your favorite go-to Big Ten football podcast, Amador is the go-to whiskey this football season. Don't forget to hashtag ask for Amador and check out our new website and finder option so you can see Amador near you at www.amadorwhiskeyco.com. Amador Whiskey Company, born in Kentucky, raised in California. Moving in to the evening, Iowa 27, Rutgers 10, the Hawks with 277 yards of total offense to the Scarlet Knights, 361. Shout out to our guy Hawkfett, by the way, who predicted 27 to 13, so he almost, he almost nailed it. Um, I did say 20 to 6, okay? So I was pretty close to what I thought the spread in the game was, but I will say this going on the, uh, uh, um, Rutgers podcast on Tuesday night, the fans were getting grumpy with how conservative the play calling has been by Shiano. Okay. Rutgers opened up the, the playbook and they very quickly realized that they weren't going to be able to run the ball. They were doing whatever they could. They were taking risks. They were throwing the ball all over the field. And yeah. they did pretty well doing it. I, it. It's pretty impressive. They got 300 passing yards against this outstanding defense. Evan Simon, 28 of 49. 49 attempts. I was that. I mean, it's it was the right game plan, I think. It was. But, but I'm just shocked to see a, a single Rutgers quarterback attempting 49 passes. Can I say this, too? On those 49 attempts... Brother got hit 30 of them. Oh, boy. Evan Simon is a tough bastard. So yeah. didn't get the win. The stat line doesn't wind up being great, but he had no rushing attack. I just want to – I just and, – and there's nobody behind him. Like, we think Gavin Wimsett is unavailable. Yeah. Noah Vedral is unavailable. Yeah. I don't know what happens if Evan Simon doesn't stay in that game. I mean, do you go back to Johnny Langan, who is not taking reps? I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but the point I'm trying to make is the fact that he hung in there. So, so talking about the Iowa defense, but still a little bit with Evan Simon, if you haven't watched it, and that means you or anybody else on the unbelievable pick six by Cooper DeGene, that was look amazing. at the hit that Lucas Van Ness. Oh, it, I saw it. I mean, it, he planted his shoulder blades in the, into the ground. It was, and, and came down on top of correct. it. Correct. Like most guys would just be like, I'm done for the day on that hit. By the way, the over the shoulder catch by Coop. Okay, you that was an absolutely incredible. It was amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I we mean, were go- we were going nuts in my place. Okay, I just don't know if I've ever seen that before. Was- and then to get to have the wherewithal to get a hold of yourself, turn back the other direction, and return it for a touchdown. It didn't. It didn't even look like one of those plays that sets up well for a good return correct so we weren't expecting a return we're like 10 15 yard return right and then kick a field goal right (laughs) but um you can tell that when there is a turnover the iowa defense is extremely (laughs) motivated to get the ball into the end zone why do we have another example that we do sebastian castro with an absolute technically perfect tackle Knocks the ball loose. Kayvon Merriweather mm-hmm. picks it up, returns it for a touchdown. By the way, Kayvon Merriweather also with an intersection in this game. Assuming the PATs are attached to the scoring unit, at one point, Rutgers had three points. Iowa's offense had three points, and Iowa's defense had 14 points yeah. in and, this game. And for the game, uh, Iowa outscored everyone. They outscored the their, their own offense. The, the Iowa defense outscored their own offense and the other team. So I predicted Iowa to get to 20 points. I've heard the same ha-ha-ha joke over and over again. How is Iowa going to score 20 points? I'm like, a defensive special teams touchdown, a couple field goals, and a touchdown by the offense. There. That's yeah. how they do it. It was exactly how it went down, except they added another defensive touchdown. Well, and I think also you, you're kind of seeing things regress to the mean. Everything regresses to the mean. Nothing's as good as it seems. Nothing's as bad as it seems. So they they are looking better offensively. They are. I, I mean, it does help to have scholarship wide receivers on the field. Sure. Okay. Spencer Petrus was delightfully average. Okay. eleven. I was going to say, like, 11 to 17. That's what we need from him right now. He actually looked... Pretty good. Yeah. The crazy thing is, though, one wide receiver caught a ball for five yards. 
There, I mean, as of right now, actually, this we, is... we were point, we were noticing that in the game. We were because, and it was pretty deep into the game, right? That was the final stats. I know, well, but I'm saying before they oh, even before had he us. caught that, yes, because we we kept pointing out. I don't think a wide receiver's caught a ball yet, and I don't even know how much they're looking at wide receivers. They're throwing to tight ends and running backs. Oh, he was and dialed then you in. You sit there as an Iowa fan, and you're like, with our defense the way it is, with our special teams the way it is, if our rushing attack keeps getting better, I'm fine just throwing to tight ends sure. and running backs only. But I will say he was locked in on the tight ends. Absolutely, and the tight ends caught six balls for 114 yards. Um, and I mean team, that in a bad way. I I understand that. I also think this team can win eight games by doing the exact same game plan. I think I they think did so on too. Saturday night. You, okay, you don't think that's crazy? No, I don't think it's crazy. You know what I do think is crazy? It wasn't quite the punt fest we had hoped for. It was good though. I mean, well, toward... it, it was good. They were good. They just weren't great. Adam Corsack, four punts, 168 yards, 42 average, two inside the 20. Yep. Tory Taylor, Taylor was pretty good. Six yeah, punts, he was. He was. 42.3 yard average, four punts four inside the 20, yeah, and yeah. I think. At least three of them were inside the 10. Yeah. I mean, he definitely was a factor in the game. So we were. T- By the way, shout out to LaShawn Williams. 11 carries, 63 yards, a touchdown after finding out his father passed mm. away last week. So yep. shout out to him. So nine total punts. We were kind of talking before the game. You know, we, we put the we put our guests right around 12 punts. Yeah. So, again, Under. regressing to the mean. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. It was. It was nice to see some offense. And let me say this, like when that first pick six happened, it made it seven to three. Again, I don't know about you, but I was like, oh, I feel pretty comfortable now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I felt that was an insurmountable lead Absolutely. for Rutgers to yes. come back from. With the win, Iowa moves to three and one. One and oh in conference with the loss. Rutgers falls to three and one. Oh, and one in conference. And not to... Uh, Add insult to injury, but that was the 20th consecutive loss in Big Ten play by Rutgers at home. It is Ooh. by far the biggest streak in the history of the Big Ten conference. Wow, I hope they snap that next next time they play there. I w- and I was nervous that I was going to be the one to snap it. So, All right, moving in to the evening. Yikes. Miami of Ohio, 17. Northwestern, 14. Shout out to DS. He called it. Yeah, he called Miami of Ohio win in this game. He did. Yeah. Uh, the Red Hawks with 278 yards of total offense to the Wildcats, 364. It was seven to nothing. Northwestern tied seven seven. Fourteen to seven. Northwestern tied fourteen to fourteen. The Red Hawks got the ball back with a couple minutes, went right down the field and kicked the field goal, and they win. The the thing that stood out to me that uh, Pat Fitzgerald said is he he's. He, he was in a very Tom Allen-like mood. And he said, we've beaten ourselves three straight games. Okay. Which is not, that is the antithesis of Northwestern football. To beat yourself. That's and, what they and, never used to do. And it's on the coach. It's on the head coach. It is. that That's essentially saying it's on me. I mean, I would think that's kind of what he means. No, I, think, I would assume. Yeah, I think so. Fitzgerald's not the type to to run and not take the blame for stuff. No, I wasn't saying. I wasn't mean like he's throwing his yeah. players under the bus. I'm just it's surprising to think of the Northwestern Wildcats in that light. Yes. Um Miami of Ohio running back Keon Mosey, 21 carries, 171 yards. That's an 8.1 yard average. Also very un-Northwestern like. Another thing. But but we've seen enough of this defense that this this defense does not have answers right now. They no, they don't have answers. Um, the offense doesn't have answers. Evan Hall, twenty. This is the strength of their team. Twenty-one carries, sixty-two yards against a G five team. Do you know that Northwestern has now lost nine out of their last ten games? With their only win being Nebraska. And we'll get to okay. I mean, now is as probably as good a time as any. But from Nebraska fans. When I did my team rankings earlier today, um, and, and then did my predictions, you know, earlier in the week, a lot of Nebraska fans themselves were saying, "Do you think we can get by this week without a loss?" You know, joking, and they kind of did take a loss this week. Yeah, because you look back on that Northwestern Nebraska game, which was a highly entertaining football game. It was an incredible football game, and what I saw was two good football teams. Everybody thought Northwestern and Nebraska were drastically improved. Yes. And 
I mean, it it might go down as one of the greatest examples of not making too big of assumptions off of the first game sure. or two for college football. Because now when you look back, what it was, was potentially two of the bottom four, three or four defenses in the conference, mm-hmm. letting the other offenses run wild. Correct. Like, but Ryan Helinski has been better all year. He yeah. has been better oh, than he was last no, year. No doubt. But he hasn't looked as good as he did in that first game. Nope. I I, I mean, it is. Miami was playing their backup quarterback. Uh, the or Northwestern gave up two block punts. They they had two turnovers to Miami's none. They're not doing anything right. Yeah. It's not a good football team. It's looking pretty bad. They got doubled up on rushing yardage. Yeah. It's it would be it would be the worst football team in the Big Ten. But you got to give that to Nebraska right now because they beat them head to head. You have to neutral field, right? But yeah, I I don't have a lot of positive there, things I, to say. I, and, you know, a lot of Northwestern fans just chewing my butt and your butt about us predicting them to right. at the after the first win. Did right. you really think we were going to be down again under Fitzy? They, they. We, I mean, right now, we do right we now see. it is hard to find three wins on their schedule. It is. I know. I know. Meaning three total, which would be two more. Right. From here on out. I mean, is is one win on the season un- un- unreasonable? I don't it think it is not unreasonable. Yeah. That's what Vegas would predict right now. Is for them yeah. to finish one and eleven. I think so. I don't think they will. I don't think so either. But, but that's what Vegas would say. Right. So with the loss, Northwestern falls to one and three. By the way, another Nebraska kind of taking an L in the idle week. Did you see Adrian Martinez's yeah. stat line against uh, Oklahoma? Do you have it? Read it. 21 of 34, 234 yards and a touchdown passing. 21 carries, 148 yards rushing and four touchdowns. Wow. Eight Oklahoma alive. <laughs> and the joke is, the issue was he was 2 a.m. here. Now he's getting more sleep because he's 9 a.m. At Kansas State. Uh, there you go. He's just more well-rested. Well, sure, well rested. more well-rested. Yep. All right. Into the evening as well. Purdue 28, FAU 26. The Boilermakers with 354 yards of total offense. The Owls with 419 yards of total offense. Story of the game here, obviously, Aiden O'Connell was out for the game. Bromlike Tom is notoriously closed-lipped on injuries. Nobody knew about this at all until the middle of the afternoon, and then suddenly rumblings came out that Aiden O'Connell wasn't going to play. Right. Uh, so Austin Burton did a pretty admirable job filling in there. 21-29, 166 yards, three touchdowns, did have an interception. He had a beauty of a touchdown pass to TJ Sheffield in the corner of the end zone. That was gorgeous. What a throw. By the way, overall, this was a great game. It was. This is one of the games of the day. It was. Um, Purdue, 188 rushing yards. How about that? So so another fan base that I believe is too angry, okay, would be Purdue. And I've seen Purdue fans call out Purdue fans with their anger. They've lost arguably their best player on defense. Definitely their best player on offense because Aiden O'Connell isn't just your starting quarterback. He's your team leader as well. There's, I'm just saying, there is a lot of teams that can't come back from that. Sure. The fact that the backup played well and that they leaned on other parts of the team, namely rushing the ball and timely interceptions and, and turnovers forced oh, by that, the defense. Yes. Huge, like game-changing With, uh, turnovers. That, I mean, that one interception towards the end of the game, that was, that was the game winner. That probably won the game. Right. So you got to give them credit here. And I still feel like even... Sitting where they're at, this is a scary two and two team. Definitely, and Dave Rebson pointed something out. They had 188 yards rushing. They had 166 yards passing. They had more rushing yards than passing. That's the first time they've done that in 46 games. You're kidding me. That's 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 what Rebson said. That's great. Resident comes up with just amazing stats. Yeah. And I mean, I know somebody's feeding him those stats and stuff like that, but like, dude, he's amazing. Those, they're incredible. The Big Ten stats guys on BTN are amazing. They're incredible. Yeah. I don't know what they use for their, uh, you know, uh, website or whatever. But anyways, long story short, not exactly where uh, Purdue fans wanted to see their overall record at this point in the year, but it could be one in three. Sure could. Um, we got to see what's going on with Aiden O'Connell. Okay, that's a thing to keep your eye on. I do believe Purdue is thin, but we've talked in the past about how Purdue teams 
sort of take Jeff Brom's uh, persona. Yeah. Tough, whatever. Yeah. But yet, up and down, right? But Kerm- like up and down. Yeah. This team's fitting the same thing, right? Yeah, Nikosi Perry, by the way, on the other... Yeah, he had a nice day. He had a nice day. He led them in both rushing and passing. But that's what... But Nikosi Perry is not nobody. I mean, that was like a high four-star recruit. Oh, I know. Recruit. I know. So it's like, yeah. again, like Purdue fans upset about how much success he was having. It's yeah. a talented dude. He's very talented. Yeah. Absolutely. And as we said before, with the win, Purdue moves to two and two. Moving on into the evening, we don't have a lot of compelling football to talk about here. Some things to point out. So... Going into this next game that was in the horseshoe, I was watching Washington State really kind of control a lot of that Oregon-Washington State game. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? Wisconsin really controlled this Washington State team other than sloppy play. It was giving me confidence that Wisconsin was going to look pretty good going into the yeah. horseshoe on Saturday night. And then the game started. Yeah, I think the 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 worst thing that happened for Wisconsin is they kicked the ball off to start this thing. <laughs> that was that was a tactical error. Yeah. Ohio State fifty two, Wisconsin twenty one, and dare I say it wasn't that close. I mean, this game was over what second quarter twenty eight nothing. Okay, well, okay, Buckeyes five hundred thirty nine yards of total offense to the Badgers two hundred ninety six. I was I was way off with this one. This game, I would say, you tell me if I'm wrong, it was over at 14 to nothing when uh, uh, Graham Mertz threw that, whether it was Mertz's fault or the wide receiver run the route, I don't know. Ohio State picks it off. It wasn't a pick six, but they scored on literally, I think, the next play or two plays later. It was 14 to nothing at the blink of an eye. It got delegated. It got relegated to like the third game on my viewing situation. No, I just, you could tell, you could tell it was over. Um, C.J. Stroud, 17 of 27, 281 yards, uh, five touchdowns through his first pick of the year. You can mm. literally say that's the highlight of the day. Uh, Amika Ekbuka, six catches, 118 yards, two touchdowns. Cade Stover, the Ohio State tight ends, kind of forgotten. He was a big part of the offense, caught two touchdowns. Two running backs with over 100 yards in this game On the versus the Wisconsin Oof. defense. I mean, I'm the things that jump out is obviously the the yardage total five hundred thirty nine. You don't see that very much for Wisconsin. We're used to seeing totals half of that, and then the two hundred fifty eight rushing yards. That's I gave insane! Up. Wow. And okay, by the way, most points the fifty two points most points allowed by Wisconsin since. Can you guess? Gosh, no, I, I can't even think. Oh, uh. Well, the the championship there game, you go. yeah, two thousand fourteen yep. Big Ten championship. There you go. Six, also against Ohio State, like, fifty nine points. Oh, fifty nine. Okay. Yeah. Um, like, but let me say this, like, okay, the the uh, um, Agent Zero, uh, Braylon Allen, he had a good day. Yeah. This is I expected Braylon Allen to have a good day, and and he and he did. Twenty three carries, one hundred and sixty five yards. That's a seven point two yard average. That's the one thing. That would make you nervous if you're a Buckeye fan. Sure. I mean, yeah. Wisconsin could run the ball. It wasn't their all game. Don't right. get me wrong, but they did run the ball. With that being said, I think essentially as a defensive coordinator going against Ohio State, you're like, you know what? We're going to drop seven or eight pretty consistently. They just hand the ball off to those running backs behind sure. that offensive line. Get up close to the line of scrimmage. They, they toss it behind you. I, I I know I've just oversimplified it, but like, that's how good this Ohio State offense is. Yeah, but I would say here's what I see with Ohio State. I see a championship caliber offense, but I don't see a championship caliber defense quite yet. Okay. I do I at at the at the basics of what you just said, I agree. But then I look at Oklahoma, USC, Alabama, maybe even Georgia. They've got they've got flaws too. Sure. So and what I another thing I would say is let's say Ohio State goes fifteen and zero and wins the national championship, Wisconsin getting beat fifty two to twenty one suddenly won't look that bad yeah. anymore. I'm just saying I think there's the potential that happens. Like Ohio State separated themselves from the second, third, and fourth team in the Big Ten yesterday in my mind. Yeah, you're not as maybe not as no. Convinced. I think that that's that's probably true. And but the other thing is. You've got another eight games to 
improve that defense, which yes. which does happen because you know there's talent there. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Jim Knowles is still tinkering a little bit with it. Um, by the way, and this is from Dave Revson. Ryan Day is twenty four and one in Big Ten play since being the head coach. Twenty of those twenty four wins have been by ten points or more. Wow. So it ain't just Wisconsin that they've beat That's, up on. They've they've done it to pretty much everybody in in the league. So with the win, Ohio State moves to four and zero. With the loss, Wisconsin falls to a I would say somewhat surprising two and two. The Big Ten game of the week was not Minnesota thirty four, Michigan State seven. The Gophers with five hundred and eight yards. Of total offense to the Spartans, 240. By the way, 34 to 7, also not indicative of actually how this game looks. This was another one, though, where I think by the time Minnesota had scored a couple touchdowns, game was over. It, it just was. didn't it didn't look like Sparty even wanted to be out there anymore. You know, you hate to question the desire of a football team, but it looked like a team that just knew they had no answers for whatever Minnesota was throwing at them. Absolutely. At one point in the game, Minnesota had 169 yards of total offense to Sparty's one. <laughs> so we had. Crap. I don't know much. I don't. There's still stuff I can learn about college football, but I know that if you have a 169 to one ratio in yardage, you're probably not going to win a lot of football games. So Crab is out, and what does Tanner Morgan do? He just goes and has probably his best game since 2019. 23 of 26 for 268 yards and three touchdowns. It's very 2019. I was going to say, party like it's 2019 yeah. to give Prince a little lo- local musician a little bit of props. Um, another thing with Tanner Morgan, I don't know if I've, not just Tanner Morgan, I don't know if I've ever seen a Big Ten quarterback playing on the road look as comfortable as he did mm, in this really? game. Really? Hmm. Wow, that's we a bold are talking statement control of the offense yeah. knowing that every single play in the playbook was open for them to do i mean i, I, mean, I mean do it they were all open did you do you see this 10 of 12 on third down because they were all manageable <laughs> I, I i don't know but i bet you i bet you the average third down play for them was less than five yards sure i mean yeah or somewhere around there it had to be so another one that just, that just is mind-boggling, 42 minutes of time of possession, 42 minutes and 30 seconds time of possession for Minnesota versus 17:30 for Michigan State. That's almost it's almost as bad as I've ever seen it. I how can it? It's hard to get worse. Than I don't that. know how you could could get worse. Speaking of worse, uh, the John L. Smith misery index is back. Oh boy, it's is at it a back? 9.5. Okay. Yeah, I would imagine. It's I mean, high right now. Uh, Mo Ibrahim. 22 carries, 103 yards, and a touchdown. That is the 13th straight 100-yard rushing yeah. game for Mo Ibrahim, which ties Sean Green for the record all time for. Well, I don't know. If it's no, the there record. was one. Uh, it's most it, since 2000. Okay. Most consecutive in the Big Ten since 2000. He tied Sean Green, but he's two behind somebody. I can't really? remember. Someone else said 15. Okay. I can't remember who that was. And right now, it's hard for me to think he won't equal it or surpass it because the offensive line is playing great. And the thing is, is you you, you put some guys in the box, they just slant behind you. Boy, I, I mean, even you. with Crab Gun, Dalen Wright, Daniel yep. Jackson, BSP, MBS, they all went back to MSP feeling pretty good on Saturday night. They sure did, man. The wide receivers looked great. Um, By the way, another one, before, yeah. just so I don't forget, shout out to Mo Ibrahim. All-time leader in Minnesota football history for rushing touchdowns. Set that in the game as well. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Um, um, who's who's the guy he beat uh, uh, in the eighties? Yes, the, you, you know what I'm talking about um, Daryl Daryl Thompson. There you go. That's who they beat. Um, yeah. By the way, switching to the defense, their defense is amazing too. I, I had kept, you know, I know that it was easy to to destroy Minnesota for their schedule. By the way. Maybe they still haven't played anybody. That mm. But there was enough you've seen in those first three games to say, again, average teams don't do this sure. to opponents. You you do not soundly beat yep. them. It is football nirvana right now for the Minnesota Golden Gophers. So, yeah, I think we, we both agreed that even though they didn't play 
great competition. They looked like the best team in the West. Now they are definitely the best team in the I West. I don't. I mean, they're they are the they they're the most. Com- I mean, I think I can say this. They're the most complete team in the Big Ten. They might be, yeah. That doesn't mean they're the best team in yeah, the Big right. Ten but because of talent level. They, they have the least number of weaknesses. Which, by the way, me and you said that in the preseason. Yeah. I mean, I picked them to win the West, and, you know, yeah. break my arm, pat myself on the back here. But this is even better than I thought it would be, yep. and I thought they would be good. Joe Rossi again. He's in fuego. He's right in now. fuego. You know what else is in fuego, though? I just am sitting there watching the game. I'm like, you know what? PJ has really done a great job with his offensive lines. He has both lines. Uh, here's another. Here's another one. Uh, this is from Andy Haugen at a Haug 99. Uh, yes. The Gophers scores at the end of the third quarter in each of their four games: 38 to nothing, 52 to three, 42 to nothing, and 24 to nothing. Great pull there. By Ahog. Got By a the, follow from me for that. Yeah, me too. By the way, um, uh, the the touchdown at the end of the game was with 20 seconds to go. Oh, I know. I mean, this should have been This a was basically a shutout. By the way, we're supposed to talk about Michigan State. I don't even know if Michigan State fans want us to talk about Michigan State. I well, honestly thought by the time we recorded this evening... I thought Scotty Hazleton honestly would be fired by now. I think it's justifiable. His defenses are pathetic. There was another stat I wish I had had uh, had written it down. Didn't about about the five giving up the five hundred yards and giving up four hundred yards for Scotty Hazleton. How many times he's done it since he's been there? You, you know what yeah, I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, uh, this is from Standing Room Spartans. Thank there, you. Okay, there we go. Since the start of 2021, we meaning Michigan State have played 13 games. So, again, shout out to Standing Room Spartans for this. Their quarterbacks in that time, 67% completion percentage, 4,200 yards, 31 touchdowns to eight interceptions, broken down by game. That's 28 of 41, 67% completion, averaging 326 yards and 2.5 touchdowns to to 0.6 interceptions. Long story short, the – Pass the uh, uh, signal callers going against the Michigan State defense since the beginning of last year have been comfy and dealing it. It's it's incredible right now. Yeah, there's another pull too though. I I wish I had. Oh, here it is. I got it. Oh, it's from Chris Solari. He he's a pretty well known figure. Covers uh, Michigan State. MSU's defense allowed 508 total yards to Minnesota. It's the sixth time giving up 500 plus yards and the fifteenth time allowing 400-plus in the 24 games under Scotty Hazleton. That's bad. That is putrid. Um, we pointed some of these things off out in the preseason. We got tore to shreds. Absolutely. With that being said, Torched. I thought the defense would look better. I did, too. Because they were going to play a more complimentary style of offense. Yeah. The problem is right now, there's not a lot on the offense to complement because they're not rushing the ball well. Their defense nope. is out there too much, and they're just getting exposed. Run game is terrible. Peyton Thorne seems to have lost his mojo. It just I mean, he does- looked good in the second half against Washington, but right now, they're, I think Peyton Thorne, I mean, what's incredible is how similar he is to the guy, the other quarterback that played in this game, Tanner Morgan. Last year, you gave Peyton Thorne a rushing attack, and for him to bounce off of, he looked really good. But now this year... That rushing attack isn't there. He knows the defense is not going to back him up. He's pressing, and it's showing. I mean, yeah. there is no greater team sport than college football, and and it, it this is how it shows itself. So, obviously, playing from behind, you're not going to run as much, but Broussard only – he was the, the leader in uh, yardage and carries, six carries, 23 yards. After that, Jalen Berger had four carries for 13 yards. I mean, they just gave up. Noah Kim had one, one for five yards, and Peyton Thorne. They, so they they, had, they ran the ball fourteen times. And they okay, and and their running backs only ran the ball uh, ten times. I, that's just that's just giving up on your rushing attack. Yeah, and I and I know Minnesota's defense is good, but yikes! Uh, with the loss, Sparty falls to two and two with the win. Minnesota moves to four and four and zero. Do you want me to just piss off everybody right now? Okay. You know who Minnesota looks like to me right now? Hmm. Who? Well-oiled Brett Bielma, Wisconsin teams. Boy, they sure do. Yeah, two running backs that are both sure. you know, Mo Ibrahim, Trey Potts. One of them's physical. I, one of them's know, a little bit quicker. A quarterback that you feel good about. Efficient Do- doesn't jump off the screen in terms of athletic ability, but but you can kind of run the ball a little y- bit. You can and a good defense. 
A really good defense. And you want to know some how how football nirvana ish it is in Minnesota right now? Their special teams look pretty good. Yeah, they do. I mean, this team is playing with an inordinate amount of confidence. Absolutely. Right now. Speaking of that, finally Minnesota is ranked. Uh, tweet, oh boy, it's about time. A tweet that I put out that's gotten unbelievable traction is if they were in the SEC, they'd be ranked. I said about ninth is where they'd be ranked right now. Yeah, yeah, but maybe higher. Maybe higher. That. Yeah. I, I, actually, a lot of people said I think they'd be higher than. Yeah. That. And they, and they're like twenty first. They were twenty fifth in the coaches. Yeah. And, and I think to a certain degree, Minnesota fans are like, shh, shh it's okay. It's yeah, okay. right. It's okay. I I always think we it's like where we're at. It's kind of funny when when teams get. Uh, Pissed off that they're not getting enough credit. I, I'd always, I'd prefer to fly under the radar. I understand that, um, but you always see stats. You're, how many weeks you are ranked? You know, how many wins you have as a ranked team or playing against ranked yeah. teams? The rankings do matter, yeah. is what I'm saying. No yeah. team that should be ranked. Kansas is still not ranked. I know, I know it. They are four and zero, and they've got a good quarterback yes this is a good team and then you look at all these sec teams i know up there and it's like you watch them play and you're like if kentucky is a top 10 team get, you know what right. was florida still doing ranked right to play tennessee Mm-mm. but now tennessee gets to write that down as a ranked win. correct it is a built-in bs <laughs> yes and, and it's not just big 10 fans there's fans all across the country that, sure. are, that are tired of it um okay Week four, Eisman. Um, I know we didn't talk about it before. Um, so if you, I'm, I'm going to go through it. But if you, no, if you, I, if you are, uh, so the shout outs to <laughs> Iowa defensive backs, Cooper DeGene and Kayvon Merriweather, interception and touchdown for Merriweather. Cooper DeGene, that unbelievable thing, uh, interception return that we talked about. Um, the entire team of Minnesota, sure, <laughs> could be an Eisman. Pick yeah. out somebody on defense, Mo Ibrahim. Tanner Morgan, I mean, we didn't even really go through the stats, but Tanner I, I, Morgan, I you, you did. Stats, okay, yeah. so he could be, but in the end, honestly, I know this is, but you have to take level of competition into play. So to me, the week four Eisman goes to Blake Corum. Yep. Um, okay, so you you agree? Twenty carries, two hundred forty three yards. I don't think they win without him. Is another thing. Like, hmm. well, I yeah, don't... with with Donovan Edwards out, it was. I mean, he was shouldering the whole. Load of the of and, running and, the football and JJ McCarthy pressing. Yeah, so that's another reason. By the way, that 243 yards, most rushing yards by a Michigan running back, and I'm going to give you the year. See if you can name the running back. Okay. Most running since 1995 for a Michigan running back. Oh, Chris Perry. Tissiamunga. Oh, Biakapatuka. Ah, uh, yes. I mostly Damn. just wanted to have a chance to say Tissiamunga. Biakapatuka. Yep. Perry was a little after that. I, I think yeah. I went. A little he would early. have been like Perry would have been like early 2000s. Yeah, right. Yeah, but anyways, so that's that was a historic day. That's a good one for Blake Corum. Um, so real quick, uh, Michigan coming into Iowa City. Yep. Okay. Good game. You know, dude, <laughs> Wisconsin, Illinois. That's a. It's going to be a great game. That is that is some compelling football. Absolutely, I, like you don't get a chance to talk on Wednesday. I wanted to give you a chance now. Like, pretty excited for this football contest. You know, I I am excited, and dare I say, I'm a little bit I'm not. I'm not overconfident, but I've I'm optimistic. There you go. That's the word. I'm optimistic. I think. Illinois has a chance to win the football game. I'm not saying they're going to have a chance to win the football game. I mean, well, early, the, early lines are like eight or nine. Yeah. Wisconsin but, by eight or nine. Okay. If, if, if I can get that at Wisconsin or Illinois plus seven and a half or more. Yeah. I would, I'm I would take Illinois. Yeah. I think so. I mean, there's more things I feel good about and, and probably the under two, by the way, because it's going to be two really good defenses. Um, but the other thing I just, I think it will be a competitive game regardless how it turns out. Where in yes. the past, many times it just, you know. You wouldn't think it would right. be. Um, where do you think, how do you feel about where you're catching Wisconsin? I mean, I I think it's great okay. coming off of Ohio State. Okay. Not not a, we're angry. No. No. And you got a confident Illinois team that gets two more days of rest. More more rest, which, by the way, I love that uh, Shooty pointed that out, how yeah. great the Illinois schedule. And they were yeah. pointing it out uh, before the Mox game. Like, yeah. did, did Brett Bielma you know, write this script of how yeah. to do the schedule. Another thing with Brett Vilma. I mean, if they go eight and four, right? Not crazy. Sure. I predict seven and five. <laughs> okay. Let's say they go eight and four. I, 
isn't isn't he the Big Ten Coach of the Year? Isn't I he you would think so. For the Big Ten Coach of the Year right now. Right now, I would say yeah. But what about PJ too? Peach. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's a good point. Yeah. That's that's the two. It's got to be one of those two yeah. right now. The Ohio State coach obviously always just has sure. an X against him, and Harb's already won it last year, so. Right. That's something to look out for. You got anything else? No, sir. I am Jeffrey the Greek. I'm Big Kurt. This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. We'll talk to you soon.